All right, everybody. So welcome back to this episode of Elevated Office. My name is Eric McGrew. I am the owner and operator of Eric's Tree Service in Montrose, Colorado. I am also the host and producer of Elevated Office podcast. And today we are doing a live streaming on Instagram of season two, episode 17. This episode is going to break up a little bit between the first part of my conversation with Levi Conrad and the second part, which will probably be episode 18 or 19. We had a long conversation and I'm trying to edit it all down and make it, you know, uh, more palatable and more concise for everybody out there listening. So um, if you want to check out the first part, that one's already been posted. You can watch on YouTube as well as listen to it on my podcast. You can go to the link in my Instagram profile and check out all my videos and my media there as well. Today though, we're going to be talking about how I climb, which is a question that I get from time to time from different people. And it's kind of hard to go over it all, like I've mentioned in another episode. So I'm going over steps of it. And today's specific topic for episode 17 of season two is links of rope and choosing these links of rope and why it's beneficial to do do so and how that helps. So let's get into it. But before we do that, let's get into our sponsors for the show. So this week, like we've had for the last few weeks, we have two sponsors that I'm super thankful to have. One, of course, is GapArborSupply.com. Gap Arbor Supply really knows what they're talking about when it comes to arborist tools, situations, and equipment. So if you go by GapArborSupply.com, you can ask Kyle or Ray what's going on. Every once in a while, they have a visiting um, helper in the shop. Like recently, they had Tim from Arb Dogs there, and he was able to answer questions and place orders and things. So that was really nice. I actually got to meet Tim and talk to him a little bit. Also, if you any order you buy in the continental U.S. is free shipping. If you pay $100 or more for an order, then it's free two-day shipping. Plus, you can use Tree Climb for a 10% discount on their site, which is gaparborsupply.com. So keep that in mind. Also, I want to give a big shout out to our other sponsor, which is Weaver arborist.com weaver has been a good supporter of the show and they are allowing me to help out with some innovative stuff and i'm really stoked to be one of their product analysts and also an innovator for weaver now and they have some really cool products already out on the shelf if you want a scabbard that's low profile smooth and doesn't get caught very easily go check out their leather uh saw scabbards If you want some pads that are super cool and um, easy to climb in, and by cool, I mean temperature cool, go check out their ProCool pads. They have them for many different shanks, um, brands of shanks. So you can go select the pads and then see which ones they fit. And if you have those, then you can definitely buy those and have a good time with those. If you sign up for their email, you get 10% off as well. Don't forget that Gap Arbor Supply also sells Weaver products. So it's a win-win for both of them if you go through gaparborsupply.com as well. So just keep that in mind. All right. So today um, we're going to do a product review real quick. And the product review that we're doing for this episode of Gap Ar- uh, for Elevated Office, Gap Arbor Supply is our sponsor along with Weaver. But for this episode, um, the product review that we're doing 
is this bag from Gap Arbor Supply. Now, I want you to know that this bag is not being promoted by Gap Arbor Supply through me. I um, The way that my sponsorship with Gap Arbor Supply works is that I get a discount from them. And um, that helps me keep climbing and reviewing products for you guys and things like that. I bought this bag and they had no idea that I was going to review it. But I am going to review it because it's a super sweet bag. Now, what makes this bag interesting to me over other bags is not so much that the design is that different or whatever. The handles are very well made, by the way. Um, Super well made. They're, They're much more robust than a lot of the handles on bags that I've seen. Um, the gator is standard, you know, it's just got a gator, it's got a drawstring on it and it's just a normal bag gator like normal. And then, uh, the thing that this bag from Gap Arbor Supply has for rope bags is that it's this like vinyl on here. Hey, what's up? So thank, thank you for uh, waving back. Thank you for checking out the live feed of this episode of elevated office podcast. But um, getting back to this bag with Gap Arbor Supply is that it's going to do really well for moisture resistance. I'm really stoked on using this, especially like in yards where the sprinklers were on and they didn't turn them off like I asked them to, or if I forgot to mention that they needed to turn off the sprinklers. This is going to keep my ropes from getting saturated with water. Also in the winter, um, it's going to be very handy for not creating issues with the snow saturating through my, my bag into my rope. Right. So keep that in mind. Um, they have two different sizes. One is this red one, which I want to say carries, um, about 200 feet ish of half inch. And then they have a blue one that should do about 200 feet of three quarter inch bull rope, if I remember correctly. So, um, yeah, that's, that's something to keep in mind with these bags. They're not expensive, definitely worth the money. I was surprised at how well these things are developed and how, how much better quality in my opinion they are than some of the other ones that I have. So, um, once again, Gap Arbor Supply, this is a bag that you can only get through them. They are not sponsoring me to say this. This is my own personal review of a product that they sell, and I really like it. So um, keep that in mind. All right, guys. So let's get into um, my selection of ropes that I have for climbing. Um, I didn't start out this way. I would like that to be known. Um, When I started out climbing, I was kind of of the mindset that minimalism was the best thing and that if I just had one rope that would fit all circumstances, then life would be awesome. And so I did. I had a rope that was like 250 foot long and I did everything with that rope. It was an 11-7 rope. Um, It was something that I used for MRS, DDRT, whatever you want to call it these days, because it changes from month to month, it seems. And then also for SRT, SRS, whatever, right? And I really did like the rope. It was a poison ivy rope, or I'm sorry, poison ivy rope. And it was a good rope. Um, Thing is, though, is that that length of rope, really was just overkill for many situations. So let's talk about a couple of situations that really 
made me change the way that I climbed with rope and my viewpoint on rope in general. So um, one thing that I was doing is that I found that having all this extra rope actually got me in a little bit of trouble. You have to remember um, until about a year ago, I was climbing solo all the time. I had no groundy. And um, when you have a tree that let's say is 45, 50 foot tall, which a lot of the elms and stuff don't really get that much bigger than that here. Um, what happens is you have this rope in your bag and then your bag gets brush dropped on it or the rope has come out of your bag a little bit because you're, you know, progressing in the canopy and then you have all this rope on the ground and then you're dropping brush and where does it go? It goes straight on top of your rope. And then what would happen is I found myself getting lots of branches tangled in my rope because I had all this tail hanging out there and then I had to go down and get out of the tree, untangle it and bring it up and, and whatnot. And then on top of all of that, um, just the sheer volume in a 40 foot tree, let's say you are doing a SRS or SRT, um, climb style. And now you have, you know, let's say a hundred foot of rope. Let's just be, you know, a, a little bit, it's just easier to do mathematics that way. So you have a hundred foot of rope used because it's from a basal anchor. It's over the canopy and it's back down, which if it's a 50 foot tree, you're not using a hundred foot of rope as a general rule. You might be using, you know, closer to 80 foot. If it goes over a few branches, maybe 90 foot, but let's say a hundred just for ease. So now you're in the tree and now you've got to make a redirect. So you're sitting there and you're pulling rope and you're pulling rope and you're pulling the tail through, you're pulling the tail through. You have another 150 foot of rope. You have to essentially pull through every crotch for every redirect and every advancement. Okay. That gets fatiguing very quickly. It gets annoying. Plus on top of that, because of all this rope that's down there and you've got your bag down there and you've got all this stuff going on. Well, then what happens is you end up having a situation where your rope gets all these hockles in it. And when rope gets hockled and there's nobody on the ground to unwind it and you're up in the tree and there's brush all over the ground, it starts to get caught on absolutely everything, right? It's just absolutely annoying. I mean, beyond annoying. So what happens there is that now you're sitting up there and you're fighting all this stuff and you're trying to figure out how to make it happen the way that you want it to happen. And you're just like, ah, is this one rope really worth it? Well, with some time, I started talking to some other guys and I started talking to some more experienced climbers and I was asking them, well, what do you do? Um, what do you want to do about your ropes and how do you handle it? And what happened is they started telling me, well, I used to climb on one solid rope, but now I'm climbing on multiple ropes at multiple links. And I started investigating this idea. And the truth of the matter is, is that it became super handy. Now it's more inventory. So you have to have more rope bags. You have to have different kinds of rope. You have to keep up with what rope is doing what and what you use it for and where it's at. And it's true. But in the tree, in the moment, life became much more fluid for me and it became less fatiguing and it became a lot more comfortable. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. Let's face it, guys and gals. When we're in the tree, we're doing something that we were absolutely not particularly designed to do. We're, we're defying all kinds of physics and we're, defying, we're de defining all kinds of natural forces and we are trying to do difficult jobs in less than ideal conditions. So anything that can make us more comfortable where our mind doesn't get as distracted as easily is going to be better for us. 
And that's where I think that having multiple rope styles to choose from different links, different kinds of rope, all that kind of stuff that fits the use that you're going to give it is really beneficial. Um, for instance, if I'm in a 40 foot tree, I have a rope that's like 95 foot long and that's like ideal because that gives me enough to get out on the canopy edges and do what I need to without a whole lot of tail hanging down. And if I find that, well, I need a little bit more tail, then I just do a top rope anchor, right? I just do a Alpine butterfly with the leg running through it. And if I don't have enough to do a retrievable leg, then I can loop the rope up. Or if I need the tail to go out on the edges, then I can use my throw line and I can attach it and I can pull it back down or another climbing line, right? So it's so much more handy to have ropes that fit the size of the tree that you're working in because those shorter lengths of rope are less to get tangled. Um, worst thing that I've ever had happen to me as far as like just discomfort, right? Um, and, and I'm not talking about an accident. I'm just talking about something that just frustrated me and made me so discomfort or uncomfortable was I was on a, um, I was on a limb and I swing out from the limb and my rope was so long that it got all tangled up and it got trapped. And then I got jarred and I got frustrated. And now I'm sitting there and I'm like, got to swing back over and grab what I need and, and get it back. It just was uncomfortable to say the least. So when I got smaller ropes, your tails get less tangled. It's easier to manage and things like that. Now, that's only one aspect of it. I have a long rope that I use for like um, ponderosa pines and stuff that I climb 140, uh, 140 to 160 foot trees as a general rule out in this area. Um, I can basal tie it and I can climb off of that. I can top anchor if I need to. I can do whatever I need to with that rope. But it gets pitchy, it gets nasty, and I would rather not have to use that rope all the time in other trees like a cottonwood or an elm if I don't have to. So that rope stays, you know, delegated and relegated to those trees that are just so big. Sometimes I use it in a cottonwood that's really big because we have a few hundred foot cottonwoods out here. And that thing just stays up for those reasons. And it stays out of my hair until I need it. And then that extra rope that I have is actually put to good use. But even outside of just the length of rope that I have, there's a selection of rope for the kind of climbing you're doing. So here's a concept that um, I've really learned to like a lot. And that is SRT or SRS climbing up to the canopy, setting an anchor like a friction saver or a whatever, and then MRS or DDRTing around the tree at that point. To me, that's a super handy method um, to get around certain kinds of climbing. Uh, there are times when I do uh, DDRT or MRS when I'm re doing removals or whatever. Trimming as a general rule, I'm not going to do DDRT or MRS. I'm going to do SRT everywhere, and I just carry slings and carabiners with me, and I also carry a... Um, an ascender device that can be used as a three to one to pull myself back in from limb walks and whatnot. Um, there's just so many uh, easy in the moment applications SRT or SRS gives you that I find is much more thought um, required and that you have to just like 
decide on that's a little bit harder with the DDRT and MRS, in my opinion. So I don't really do that kind of stuff that much. Hey, Randy. Thanks for stopping by, man. Um, and so, you know, I'm not MRSing much at all as a general rule. Um, I do it in some canopies and things like that. Uh, I really like SRT for trim work. Uh, the MRS really comes into play for me when it is a removal or something like that. So I have an actual different rope that I use for MRS climbing because the way it runs across crotches, uh, especially for removal, when you're doing natural uh, DDRT or MRS, uh, you want the rope to react a certain way. You don't want it to be really picky and really soft in the hand, in my opinion, because it, cu- it creates too much friction if it flattens too much and everything. So I have an SRS rope that I use, and I have an MRS rope that I use, and I have them in different lengths, not too many, but a few different lengths, because that's what helps me out when I'm getting around to, um, you know, different kinds of climbing. And it just makes life a lot more consistent. Um, it can be a challenge because you've got to keep up with this stuff. But I, I swear, once you remember how to do it, you remember what rope you have set out, what bag. So I color code my bags and things so that they're all in their own. Uh, I know that red bag is a bag that's a hundred foot rope. I know that one's an 80 foot rope. I know that one's a, you know, and I do this with my rigging ropes as well. Um, worst thing that I can have for a groundy that's doing rope handling is end up having some rope on the ground and he's trying to drop a big chunk of wood or something like that. And he has a rope that's way too long for the job. Let's say he has a 200 foot rigging rope. Let's say that we're in a tree and where we're rigging from is only 30 foot off the ground. Max he might need is probably only going to be like 70 feet ish right? Maybe a little bit more if he's dragging rope away. But man, when you've got 200 feet of tail, you know, or 150 foot of tail or whatever it is, that's a lot to get hockled. And then it's easy to get wrapped up in brush. It's easy to have him step on it. It's hard. It takes a lot of time for him to straighten it out every time for rigging. Um, So I have different lengths of rigging rope that I use on jobs where that length of rope is most suited. And it just keeps things more orderly. It keeps things more fluid. It keeps life a lot easier. Um, It keeps him from having to think as much on the ground. And I don't want him distracted when I'm on a dead tree. I know that Randy knows about this. Um, I saw some trees that he was working on that were all dead out and stuff. So if you haven't gone and checked out Randy is the Mandy, then you should go check him out because he's got some cool videos on Instagram as well. Um, and you can see what we're talking about. This, this stuff happens that it's just, you know, you're there and you want your guys and yourself to be focused at that moment. And I've really, I I didn't understand at first why it was so important, but I've really figured out now why selecting the right rope size for the job I'm doing, climbing and rigging is so important. Um, it changed my life climbing a lot. Uh, I found that I just use less mental exo- uh, like mental energy thinking about things or fighting brush on the ground. Um, I don't have to do those things. Um, one of the challenges that I, I kept getting myself into when I was climbing with a really long SRT rope was that I'd get up in the tree and I'd see I had a ton of tail. So what would I do? I'd end up like going through six different redirects 
And then I'm done with the job. And then now I'm on the ground and I'm like, oh, those aren't very steep crotches. I can just pull my rope through. So what do I do? I walk over, I undo my basil and I start to pull. And lo and behold, there's so many crotches, so much friction. I can't get through the stupid thing. Stay with us. We'll be right back. You love listening to podcasts, but have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Maybe you want to build a brand, grow your business, or are looking for an excuse to talk about your favorite hobby. Whatever your reason for making a podcast, Buzzsprout is the place to start. Since 2009, Buzzsprout has helped over 300,000 people launch their own podcasts. Buzzsprout walks you step-by-step -step through the whole process and will give you powerful tools to start, grow, and monetize your podcast. Ready to get started? Click the link in the show notes to get our free step-by-step -step guide to starting your podcast today. Thanks for joining guys uh, for this live version of the episode 17 of season two elevated office podcast about rope links that I'm using. And, and so I would be there. I've got like six different redirects going on. I've gotten out of tree. I'm fatigued. I'm exhausted because well, now I'm just, you know, I'm done with the job. Last thing I want to do is get back in the tree. I undo my basal anchor and then I start pulling on the rope and I, you know, it won't come out. And then I'm like super frustrated because I probably should have known better. But what happened was while I was in the tree, that line, because I had so much tell, I was like, okay, I can just do this and make it happen. And it became a source of um, frustration many times when I thought it was really helping me uh, because then you have to climb back up, take it all out and whatever. So by having shorter lengths of rope, I could do two things. One thing, I didn't get tempted to go way too far out with the tell that it made it too hard to come back in. And yes, it's easy to say, well, you should have just climbed back to every redirect and undone it. And that's true. But at the end of the day, when you have that many redirects going on, it gets tiring. So I find that for me personally, it's just better to avoid that many redirects, right? Um, so one thing I do like to do is I like to top anchor a lot, especially like willow trees and things like that. So if I have a 45 foot willow tree, a 60 foot rope is more than enough for me, maybe a 80 foot rope at the max, depending on how substantial the canopy is and how far out I need to get. And it just helps me have less tail on the ground that I'm fighting with. Willow trees don't have a lot of gnarly bark around here um, as a general rule but what they do have is a lot of very very tight unions and crotches and it makes it really hard to get that rope to come through those areas so um, the more that I can help myself not get in the habit of having extra tail to pull through that um, those tight areas and around different nubs and broken it just makes it so much better so, um, yeah, I think that it's really underestimated by a lot of climbers and, and it's usually this, right? It's usually money. They're like, Oh, well, I just want one rope and I want that rope to do everything. And then I only have to buy one rope bag. And, and that's true. But I'm telling you, um, if you, if you can give a go of trying more than one rope length in your inventory, and sometimes like, so I run Blue Moon. I like Blue Moon personally for SRS, SRT climbing. And um, Blue Moon is a great rope for me that just seems to work really well with the rope runner. It works fairly okay with the Akimbo. 
Um, I, we'll talk about my preferences of Rope Runner versus Akimbo in the future. I'm not on the Rope Runner Pro yet. I've got to get some stuff paid off before I go uh, throw some money at something else that I don't have to have at the moment. But um, I do lo- I do like the Blue Moon. Um, I was climbing on Poison Heidi. I found that Poison Heidi is not the same, even though it's supposed to be the same as Blue Moon. Um, no matter what anybody says, the dyes do make a difference in the rope. And you'll find this when you do uh, sewing of webbing and stuff as well. Different colored webbing and uh, rope, just because of the way the dye reacts to the um, fabrics, it does make them feel different. It makes them stiffer, makes them softer, different things like that. So Blue Moon is not exactly the same as Poison Ivy, even though it's supposed to be the same thing. Um, and I climb on Blue Moon. I prefer it. It doesn't sen- seem to flatten out quite as much either. It is a little bit more rough in the hand. and um, I don't like it so much for MRS though, or uh, DDRT, if you want to call it that. I like something a little bit more supple. I tend to run um, ring savers or, uh, you know, a pulley saver. So I will run like, I like the hot wire. It was 13 millimeter and that was a really good MRS rope uh, for me, especially um, when I was running like the Unicender, but even on the the um, rope runner it's pretty good because it fills up that space in the rope runner and it just gives that little bit more friction that i like for mrs when i'm on a pulley Um, mrs on a pulley is almost a little too quick which is why i'm not super fond of like the uh what's it called the um zigzag i know a lot of people love it maybe it's because i haven't spent enough time hey what's up glad to have you with us Um, maybe it's because I haven't spent enough time on it. I don't know, but it's something that I definitely think that, um, you know, I, I prefer a a rope that flattens out a little bit more is a little bit thicker for MRS and DDRT style climbing. Um, what's up, Oregon forestry ninja. Thanks for stopping by. So I don't only just climb with different lengths of rope that I have in my inventory for the different size of trees. I actually climb with different kinds of rope, depending on the style of climbing um, that is, you know, for those particular aspects of life and in the tree. And I find that it just makes life easier for me. Um, That's what it all boils down to. I get, so once again, just to rehash, shorter ropes in the tree create less tail to pull through. So less fatigue. I get them stuck in less crotch areas because they're not as long and I don't have to pull them as hard and things like that. They get tangled less by the brush because there's simply less tail down there to get tangled. And then of course, I also have the different kinds of rope depending on the style of um, climbing that I'm doing MRS, uh, DDRT or whatever, uh, so that it just flows more fluidly for my equipment and my preference. That's it. But it does help minimize that mental thought process that I found and that reduces um, thought fatigue and it reduces just what's going on in my head. It's so much more simple. So I I hope that that kind of helps you guys out. Um, I'm glad that you stopped by for this uh, seat or this episode of 
season two, episode 17 of Elevated Office. And I want to give a shout out to everybody who stopped by on Instagram. I see that Jeff Kendall stopped by as well. I had um, Randy is the Mandy and Oregon Forestry Ninja. Arch Tree Service stopped by as well. So thank you all. Um, Also, Andrew stopped by. Appreciate it all for you guys. This will uh, be deleted from Instagram now. It was just a live feed. It's not going to stay in the reserves. And um, you will be able to check out this episode in full here in about uh, a week or so from today's date. And I want to also, once again, give a huge shout out to... uh, weaverarborist.com thank you guys for sponsoring me as well as gaparborissupply.com i've got more uh guests coming up on the show as you can see i'm using a new mic and headphones and stuff because you guys have been supporting me makes it possible that i can do this also if you're interested go check out this um elevated office hat that i posted in my instagram and on my facebook feed and if you would like one hit me up you can send me a a personal message and i'll make sure that um i get you uh one if you're willing to buy one so just let me know what's going on with that if you're interested to support elevated office in this way they're really stylish hats i have two options i can show you and thank you guys once again and i will see you in the next episode take care